No? All right. <laughs> Welcome back in. Happy Friday. I'm past my raise hell days. Um, <laughs> how about this, boys? We were talking, you know, uh, uh, tr- you know, the transfer portal and how much money it needs uh, you know, get a quarterback. RJ, you got a little nugget, and I want you to share momentarily here. I do? Uh, yeah, we were talking about off-air. It was the uh, potential of big name transferring oh, I mean, from Wisconsin. I don't know who the account well, is. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a little juicy nugget, but apparently there's a rumor out there that a big name is going to be uh, saying peace out to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I did see this. Well, it's two things, boys. Um, it was a, a tweet from Dave Heller, and it uh, talked about how Braylon Allen was second team uh, for the media, third team for the coaches. Tanner Bordellini was third team media, honorable mention for the coaches. And Will Pauling was third team for the coaches, honorable mention in the media. So this was uh, this is the first time since 1989 that the Badgers haven't had a first team all Big Ten player on offense, defense, or special teams. I don't know if they necessarily had the talent because they clearly had talent. Like, look at what some of these guys did recruiting stars-wise and on the field prior to this season. Not that I don't necessarily know if they had a talent to have a first-teamer in the Big Ten, but I don't think it helped when you had guys technically kind of playing out of position in a offense or defense that didn't necessarily fit them. And I think where the Badgers are normally strong, like linebacker, I don't want to say the linebackers were bad. Cause I don't think, I don't believe that to be true. I just don't think they were as good as some of the guys that we've seen. So boys, remember you know what I mean yeah. like mm-hmm. Turner doesn't feel like an NFL player. Jong meta doesn't feel like an NFL player, but before that, Cheney, probably not an NFL player. But before that, they were like consistently turning out NFL players inside or on the edges consistently. I don't know if they actually have a legitimate guy that you're like, oh, he'll make a roster. I don't know if they actually have one. Now, on offense, Braylon Allen uh, didn't help that he was banged up, didn't help that Ches Malusi broke his ankle, and also Blake Corum. It's yeah. probably going to be a top 100 pick. There's also yeah. this, boys. Uh, throughout the year, remember, we kept talking about how uh, this is reaching Don Morton levels. Don Morton this, Don Morton that. Well, 1989, the last time the Badgers didn't have a single person on the first team of anything, was the last year of the Don Morton era. <laughs> Look, more correlations well, happening well, here. What do, you, what do you guys think? Who's the best player at their position, Big Ten ranking-wise, that the Badgers had? Oh, I thought you were going to just say in general, I'd have said Maserati Marv. Maserati Marv! <laughs> well, if you, even if you look at Braylon Allen, if you look at that. Braylon Allen, who, who could be that guy, Yeah, Blake Corum's a top 100 pick. Trey, uh, Trayvon Henderson, the running back out of Ohio State, is a top 100 pick. I don't. I think we all agree that yeah. most likely Braylon Allen's not a top 100 pick. So how is he supposed to be on first team? There's just yeah. there's guys just, that yeah. are just better than well, him. Yeah, I mean, those two are your, your top two. He's... What what did he finish? Where second team? I'm sorry, Braylon Allen. Uh, Braylon Allen was was it second team? It was second team and third team. What coaches media? I gotta pull it up again. Like, but regardless, he he didn't make it on first. Yeah. But there's yeah. some quality running backs that are going to be drafted, and honestly, Henderson and and Corum could be legitimate players on teams yeah. next year at this time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is just unfortunately. Um, Second a team victim media, of, coaches. Yeah, a victim of running into some very talented players on other teams. I you know what I I've, I've just been so disgusted with the offensive line since 2020. Just disgusting. The fact, like Pretty bad. my just entire disgusting. life of viewing Wisconsin football, which basically starts with Barry Alvarez, or or if you want to like 
mentally remembering and watching games starts in the late 90s. They've always had great linemen. They've always had linemen that have been, you know, feeders to the NFL. Yeah. They haven't recently. I get that no, Tipman, yeah. the center for the Jets, but it feels like it was always one, two, three guys. And no. now it's like every once in a while, the last, since, you know, 2019, 2020, they've had like a guy or maybe there's a fringe guy. That's where I feel like it's disappointing. Used to those big old hog mollies, as they used to go <laughs> the, the old vi- video games. They're just the not getting mollies. it done. Got that one Keith and, Jackson. And they Mama have Jackson, the, the stars. They have the recruiting talent. But they're not playing up to those level of the stars that they were recruited at. And clearly there's been a disconnect. People so, thought it was Joe Rudolph. Our guy, Ve- guy Vagabond John says NFL potential does not equate to college award stats or recognition. Was Lucas Van Ness first team? He wasn't even a first team on his own team. He didn't even start, remember? Oh, my God. No, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, just because you don't get an award in college doesn't mean you can't have a, a, a out of nowhere yeah, successful career. Getting an award in college doesn't guarantee anything in the NFL. I don't know. Yeah. I think just purely looking at their numbers, the best chances the Badgers had to land someone on the first team would have been Braylon Allen, but we talked about that situation, and probably Hunter Waller just because all the all the plays that he made and tackles that he had. Yeah. Other than that, I I don't know. There, there wasn't anyone popping off the the tape for you. No, it's like look, looking at where people landed, and you're not like, oh, they got snubbed. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's no snubs. They just That's, they weren't that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, then there was the um, uh, this. I saw Mike Lucas tweet. It was, is this more of an indictment on the previous staff's recruiting or the current staff's transition to new systems? Or both. I think both. Yeah. I think it's yeah. both. It definitely is both. Because Paul, it's dude, it's so weird. Because if you look at the twenty four seven or the rivals or any ranking publication you want to look at, Paul Christ actually did a pretty darn good job in 2019, 2020, 2021 with those recruiting classes. Like they were, they were ranked pretty high for what the average Wisconsin recruiting class had been since we'll just say nineteen ninety with the Barry Alvarez era. The mm-hmm. fact that those players just never, ever reach their potential, I think it's an indictment at the end of the Paul Christ era. But I also think that Phil Longo, Luke Fickle, uh, Mike Tressel, they also didn't do a good job trying to almost run like hybrid systems, trying to get these guys that aren't necessarily standard type players for the typical system they want to run into better, easier transitions. You know, they like they were kind of just like, hey, this is our system. We're running this. You know, we need to learn this because for the years in the future, we need guys that know how to do this. We're going to recruit this way. Sorry for the guys that are here for this one year, maybe two years of a transition. We're doing it our way instead of kind of tailoring their game plans or schemes to the guys they had. I think it's an indictment on both. Big Ten's getting harder Mm -hmm. with the four teams coming in. Yeah, that's getting tougher. You also have a team that. Wisconsin's dipping in the transfer portal again. There's going to be another transition because I don't know how quickly you can acclimate players that you know into a new system. Look what just happened last year. Need, are we? Ex- they need to buy in. Are we? Ex- what are we expecting coming up here with a harder Big Ten? And again, you're dipping back in the transfer portal to fix a lot of things. Are we going to be in for a longer year next year? The schedule's harder. You got to help sure, there too. It, it's harder, but like this is what everybody who didn't buy tickets wanted. You're welcome. <laughs> 
And now, and now, you're welcome. And now you're bitching about it being too hard. What happens if they come in here next year and they go like seven and five, eight and four? And it's kind of much of the same where obviously the schedule is going to be a little tougher because of the changes in the Big Ten. And you're not going to have the cupcake of cupcake schedules like you did this year. Yeah. But say you go like seven and five and eight and four, and maybe you see a little bit of progress, but still the records aren't terribly different. Then I think the sky will officially be falling. Yeah. And how much time? Then the question is how much time do I you think if, Fickle? I think if Fickle doesn't win nine games next year, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be losing their minds. Because this year it's like, well, look how easy this Big Ten schedule is. We can pounce. Look at it. Oh, well, this last year before it changes, we can really make some noise. Well, they made a, no noise. It's going to be a hard one next year. So who knows? Maybe we, maybe we get pleasantly surprised. When you're looking at uh, the oh. quarterback position, Fingers crossed. <laughs> Tanner Mordecai is gone. He gone. We got to go buy one. His eligibility. You have um, Terrence, uh, not Terrence Burkett. Miles Burkett. That, that's gone. his dad he on gone. Twitter. <laughs> he, he, gone. he gone. He's gone. He transferred out. Uh, what do you have left? You have Braden Locke, who was a kid that played what two and a half games, roughly. Yep. Yep. Cole Crew. You have Cole Crew, who was a Paul Christ pro style recruit, and mm-hmm. he was a true freshman this year, and wasn't he banged up? Basically, when he got on campus. Yeah, yeah. He, had he was banged up. Yeah. You have Mabry Matur, uh, Matur. God's little boy. He's like the 25th best quarterback in the country. Yeah. He's going to be a true freshman. Roman Ellis with the Packers already. Yeah, you'll see, what, you'll see what comes to that. You still have Nick Evers. Yep. Like, that's the quarterback room. I guess in two years, you would have Braden Locke's little brother. But again, that wouldn't be until 2025. Like, those are the known quarterbacks. I think clearly they have to do something in the portal, and I don't know if you guys saw some of the bigger names that have either entered the portal or that were rumored to have entered the portal, but one was Will Howard, yep. Kansas State. Uh-huh. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, yeah. sounds like he's going to be announcing going into the portal. Uh, DJ U, the former you. Clemson number one recruit that transferred to Oregon State last year. Do you really want to figure again. out his name? <laughs> No, I mean, he's probably he's going D- to Michigan he's State, He's DJU. Right? You. He's probably going to Michigan State, right? Maybe. <laughs> but I asked Zach Halpern this question. If you had the pick of the litter, you got to choose. Who would you choose between Will Howard and KJ Jefferson? I want to say Will Howard. Who has more uh, time left? See, that's what I says. I I thought that it was Will Howard had two years left, and KJ Jefferson would have definitely had one. Zach was pretty sure that both would have one year of eligibility. Ah, So again, you're just give me KJ Jefferson, dude. In a guy that played in that spread offense at uh, Arkansas, Arkansas, with when he had a little bit of talent. Dude, he was like a one-man wrecking crew that would find ways to get his talent the football, and he could use his legs. He's been there, done that. He's played against the SEC. He's had good games against the Bamas of the world and the, you know, the the LSU's and the Auburns, like those type of teams that always have solid players on defense. I would take him for one year, the the run and pass, get him a little bit more talent. Maybe not playing the SEC teams every week with especially this year, the lackluster talent that Arkansas had. I'm rolling the dice with him. Will Howard felt like a very up-and-down player. I think K.J. Jefferson was a pretty consistent baller at Arkansas and uh, was a one-man team there at times. 
I'd take KJ. You going KJ? Yeah. Both dual threat though, right? right? Both are dual yeah, threat. Both yeah. are dual threat. And I think clearly watching what Luke Fickle did with Tanner Mordecai, again, I don't think anyone thought Tanner Mordecai was dual threat. No, and that's the, he, I was just going to say that too. He turned into it. Yeah, his and legs he would were great. run for like seven carries, 50 yards a game, and they felt like they were calling it more down the stretch. Uh, I think it was Vagabond John and maybe Bill Nagy yesterday who mentioned the North Carolina teams and how Drake May can move. Speaking of which, they're illegally using NIL funds. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they're illegally. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was all like we could do whatever. No, they're like paying them. Oh, yeah. Better than the boosters. That's awesome. But Drake May could use his legs. Uh, you look at the fact that Sam Howell could use his legs. Just asked our resident commanders fans who thinks he can run all over. Like some of those quarterbacks that they, Mitch Trubisky, he could use his legs a little bit. All those North Carolina guys were some, somewhat mobile. And I think more mobile than what everyone would have thought Tanner Mordecai was. Yeah. And if that becomes kind of more of your ploy, running the football a little bit more with your quarterback, you're going to want a more dual threat and, Clearly, Howard and Jefferson both are. Compared Jefferson. to DJU, yeah. I, I don't. By the way, I, I don't want him. That was just a bigger name that was out there. Um. So that, yeah, Shane Rock just came on Twitch. He goes, "Have you guys talked about what Matt Rule said with the you know million to two million? Yeah, that's this is this kind of where that conversation started about yeah. you know going buying a quarterback, and um, yeah. So it's college sports has just changed dramatically so fast. So like the the tweet I saw. Have no clue who this oh, is. Oh yeah, so our, yeah, you saw. A Don't tweet. know anything about them being right or wrong about it. It's just something floating around in the ether that a big badger is about to transfer out. Who would that be? Like hypothetically, not a clue. So people are like, asking are we talking questions. name, size, <laughs> right? <laughs> but somebody goes Skylar Bell, and then follows it up with that wouldn't be a big loss. Yeah. <laughs> he um, says no, not Skylar Bell. And then he goes, recover, Ricardo uh, Hellman, Waller, Ricardo Hellman, or Pauling. Those three are staying. I promise the kid I wouldn't say. Yeah, then, so, yeah. Who knows? Vakos, the kicker. Dylan Barrett. The person is following 131 and only has 95 followers. So, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but people are like, Ches Malusi, DK, Nelson. And, and at this point, I don't think losing Jack Nelson would be that big of a deal. Well, I would just... Like, he's the most penalized offensive lineman in the country. <laughs> don't you talk about Stoughton product like that. I, 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 I don't care where I'm he's just, from. I'm, I'm messing you know? with you. I'm but, like, that's – it's – at this point, like Rowdy said, like – Shane Rock says, who cares? Our wideouts suck. Yeah. Like, King, maybe it's Fickle who's transferring. <laughs> at, th- at this point, like, would you be upset if anybody on the O-line transferred? Not really. Yeah. No. I'm just looking at like the KJ Jefferson numbers. So since 2021, he's thrown the football for over 2,600 yards, 2,600 yards, and 2,100 yards. Now, clearly, that drop off was a drop off in A, him being healthy, and B, Arkansas being competitive. But here's his rushing in those same three years over 600, over 600, just under 500. Like he's clearly a mobile quarterback that can throw, and he he's competed in the SEC. He's got one year eligibility left, relying on six years. Oh, <laughs> right. buddy. Uh, to answer, what's your uh, vagabonds? Uh, just DM, put on mm-hmm. the Twitch chat. Well, I'm not on it right now. Oh, okay. What is it? I mean, uh, Macintosh burner. Oh. <laughs> 131 fo- uh, following 95 followers. Love the like, Twitters. I'm not, Love the Twitters. But like... Love I, the ear in the streets. I could just go put that out there yeah, totally. and have people be like, who? Who? Be like, yeah. promise not to tell. 
Can't do it. Right. So who really even knows? Can't do it. Cite your source. Cite it. Oh, Fridays. I love Fridays. A, because it's the weekend. Well, I say B, because it's the weekend. A, because I get to talk to this guy, Dave Esler, the money man himself. David, good morning. Good morning, Evo. Good morning, Rowdy. Good morning, RJ. How are you? Cloud nine. Just great. <laughs> Living the dream. He switched it up. What the hell, RJ? You're yeah. supposed to say fantastic. Is that, is that, is that, nat- is that natural or drug-induced? A little bit of both. A little from column A, a little from column B, Dave. How are you uh, doing? You know, yeah, been doing it long enough to have the right concoction. I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, it's all about finding that right just balance, you know, just the balance. A little caffeine. I've been zitted lately. I do know. I have to. I have to do that every time I play golf. <laughs> yeah, just it's a little more uh, one way or the other, though. Or one way, Dave. When the little uh, some shots in Wisconsin, we're a little more boozy yep. of a golfer up here, you know. Yep, Dave. Yep. I'm, I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready, Dave. Dave. It's a big college football weekend. Not a lot of games, but some big games. I'm talking huge. What do you got? What do you got for us? What are you cooking? Um, you know, the free world seems to like the Oregon Ducks tonight. And the free world seems to like the over in the Oregon-Washington game. Are you saying F the free world? Yes, I am. Woo! Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. That total is actually coming down, but all right, look, look at this. You have a you have an undefeated team who beat the favorite team already, and you want to give me and you want to give me ten points. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know I know Oregon's good, and I know they're on a bit of a mission, but to cover to cover ten points against an undefeated team and a I don't know. I got to take Washington, Dave. You are our B rabbit today, saying F the free world. Are you from Eight Mile? You ever yeah. been Eight Mile? What? <laughs> I don't think Dave's been to Detroit. It's a movie, Eight Mile, Eminem. He was uh, he was. Oh yeah, actually, I have been. I have been to Detroit. I was on Nine Mile Road one time, and oh. this was when all the carjackings were going on. And I oh, did you pick up a nice car? <laughs> no, I I rented a car. Oh. I, was, I was up there. On, That's up what you call renting and, a car. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I had to go out to the yacht club, but to get to it, to get to it, I had to to get to it. I had to drive down Nine Mile Road, and I didn't stop at any red light. Well, I hope you didn't get ticketed, like, Dave. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't care. <laughs> it's just a rental. I hope you got the insurance. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> he's borrowing it for enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, when I considered the alternatives, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> Dave, what, any other no-brainers in college football coming up here, my man? You know, I think I might I might throw the free world under the bus in the SEC game tomorrow. Oh. I mean, Alabama is 8-0 in the Georgia Dome. And they're basing all this number on what Georgia was and not what they are. And Georgia without Brock Bowers, <clears throat> um, Alabama's still got a good defense. I like I like that one. I like the underdog, and, and I like the under as well. <sighs> Rowdy, are you uh, tipping the cap to that? What do you think of those ones? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I like the under in that game. We talked about it on Winner's Take, the podcast that we yeah, do hell that hell was yeah. released yesterday. Yeah. Um, the side I leave to Dave. Okay, all right, all right. And Dave. No, you told me. I, I thought you liked Georgia. No, no. no, no. I, I'm, I'm neutral. He okay. is. Yeah. He is, you know, neutral. Dave, what do you think of the Big Ten championship game? Are they having a championship game, or are they just David, having a you know you're a Big Ten man. Come on. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. I am. I am. I am. Um, 
I'll take Michigan in the first half. I mean, I was not going to score. I, you know, their team told us less than a touchdown, and that's for a reason. <laughs> and, and Michigan, you know, they want to make a statement. Harbaugh's back. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't like being with the free world, so I'm not going to take them for the full game. Um, but I'll be more than happy to take them for the first half, even the first quarter. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I was just that overmatched. I'm sorry. Well, um, I'll, 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 give, I'll give the free world one, uh, but I wouldn't lay 21 and a half. Um, but I, but I, w- I would lay less than two touchdowns in the first half. Okay. Do you think Iowa gets over that team total of six and a half? Um. Just, I mean, no. this isn't an official bet or anything. Like, do you no, think, do you, do you think I will I, score? I, I talked to Rowdy about that yesterday, and I, I don't think they'll score on their own volition. Um, they could score off a, a a pick six or a return or yeah. a block punt or something. I mean, that's that's the, their offense. No, uh, if they had an asterisk on that team total, strictly an offensive touchdown, uh, not off a turnover in Michigan's, and I would say no. <sighs> I don't, I, have, I can't think of a more exhilarating championship game than the Big Ten championship game, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 you know I'm, I'm going to record it. Like this is must watch <laughs> TV. You know, I'm going to record it and maybe watch it on a you know on a Thursday night in February when there's you know nothing on. Period. Um, from just for edification, <laughs> I won't. You know, I I, I don't know what. I'd be interested to see the Nielsen ratings on the games. Uh, uh, Dave, an interesting storyline here now de- developing. I know we talked a little bit about uh, FSU in Louisville on, on the podcast, but now there's reports coming out here the last 12 hours or so that maybe the backup for Florida State isn't even good to go because he's dealing with a concussion. Well, that may be true, but Florida State does have an elite defense. They're not going to give up a lot of points to Louisville. That, that would just make me love the under in that game a whole lot more. If that, if in fact that what that was the case, and you know, I did read that, but I don't take college uh, injury reports nearly as seriously as I do the NFL. I mean, the NFL, the teams they have, they have to be forthright, except the Patriots. And uh, I, 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 you know, I believe it when I see it. I mean, that's. You know, less than a touchdown to an undefeated team with a great defense. I still like Florida State. Dave, let's uh, move to the NFL. I'm gonna go right to our game. It's you know the last game uh, on Sunday. Packers Chiefs. Uh, I think Chiefs are by six right now. What does Mister Essler think uh, of this game here um, at Lambeau? I'll, I'll take the Packers. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it, I think I think it's going to be a little cool if I'm not mistaken, uh, and and perhaps. Maybe, for I you. Know, maybe a little, maybe a little precipitation, if I'm not mistaken, and that has to favor the Packers. And if I'm looking at the market, you got two, two thirds of the tickets and more than that of the money on on the Chiefs, and yet it's gone from seven to six and a half. And in fact, at at two books, three books, I'm looking at it's down to five and a half. So I think I would follow the market on that one. I'm I'm beginning to think Jordan Love might be. Might be adequate. Oh, might oh might be adequate. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him up there with with CJ Stroud yet, but I'll take know. right. I'll take I'll take might be he, adequate he, right now. I'll take he's, he's, you know he's he's on the right trajectory. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. Anything else out of the NFL that Dave Essler is looking at here? 
Yeah, I like the 49ers in the first half. I mean, they uh, the Eagles have had this history of not starting well, and Sirianni talked about it quite a bit this week, and I think you have to do more than talk about it. And You know, the 49ers, it was just they've added Chase Young. I mean, they've only gotten better on defense, and they've only allowed, like, I think less than 14 points a game on the road as it is. So I don't. I don't know, and and and, and that defense is allowed since Chase Young for a little over four points per half in the first half. So uh, I will take the 49ers. Matter of fact, the Eagles' first half scoring is is down the last three games. I mean, it's less than the Packers. So um, and Denver and Arizona for that matter. So I think I don't know what's going to happen in the second half. I'm, I'm I'm always leery of Purdy when they have to play from behind, but I'm pretty sure the 49ers will be ahead when. When Dolly Parton comes out, oh, wait a minute, that was last week. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> By the way, how was your Thanksgiving, Dave? Did you have a good thanks, uh, Turkey Day? I'm glad it's over with. I hate holidays. <laughs> they get in the way of my work. You're the Grinch, Dave. Um, yeah, they get in the way of my work. I, I mean, I assume, did you watch some NFL slates uh, last Thursday then, some games? I did. Um, Were you a big but, fan of Jack Harlow's halftime show for the Packers and Lions? Um. Yeah, I got I got takes on that that are probably NSFW. So oh, okay. Let's, How about yeah. Dolly Parton? What did you think? Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. I, I saw the reports about that, and you know, when I was watching it, she wasn't really singing a whole lot. She was just kind of, you know. I thought the same thing. Moment. It looked like she was lip syncing. Well, yeah, yeah. Most I, of them. Do I don't think she point. was lip syncing because it was not like an actual song. It was bits of a lot of songs. Um, but you know, hey, the lady's seventy-seven years old. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know that I'll see seventy-seven. So kudos to her, <laughs> Dave. With modern medical advances and money, we can get you to seventy-seven, just like Dolly. Okay, David. Um, you know, yeah, part of that I don't have. Well, with again, with money and modern medical advances, we can get you two things on there if you would like those. Yeah, you just got to trade in start, some all natural I'll, for I'll some to, plastic. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to start a GoFundMe or something, maybe. <laughs> uh, just imagine your videos at Dave underscore Essler on Twitter with you uh, having two big voluptuous things. You'd get a lot of lookers. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm, I'm talking about your voluptuous picks, your, your picks. I, I, try to, I, try to re- I try to refrain from that on social media because yeah. I found out how – how many followers you can lose if you say something controversial. So, oh. you know, it'll just, have, it'll just have to be implied. Okay. Well, it's implied then. Dave, college basketball, I'm curious. Is there a, is there a legit line out yet for Wisconsin Marquette? Have you I doubt to- it, um, but I can check. Yeah, I was just curious if you had any uh, uh, anything, any knowledge on Wisconsin uh, hosting number three Marquette. DraftKings probably has a line. I haven't looked. Yeah, I'm not, um, not trying to put you on spot or anything. I was just curious because I, I know it's early for college basketball lines for Saturday. So I don't know. Um, Anything out of, uh, some off the hardwood, Dave, NBA or college basketball? Yeah, I'm looking right now at, uh, oh, college. Okay, well, hardwood, I was thinking. NBA, I, I like Dallas in the first half to beat Memphis badly tonight. Memphis, is, Memphis sucks. Memphis has a ton of injuries. Um, they still don't have John Morant. Uh, I got a interesting story about that for maybe next week. Oh. Um, um, You'll be but, locked and loaded uh, next week. With some John Morant. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, bottom line is, I see uh, you know on, on Facebook, there's all these John Morant Facebook, you know, sort of he's my man type um, places, and it's interesting how many white Anglo-Saxon Protestants respond, and how many African Americans respond. And all the white white Anglo-Saxon Protestants 
are like flipping him in the middle finger, like really. And all the non-white Anglo-Saxon Protestants are basically wanting to run for president. You know, it's kind of creepy what we've digressed to. We're betting on presidential odds. Okay. So anything else? Uh, I, I actually, you know what? I, I'll throw you another NFL one. <laughs> and this is gonna, this is going to be ugly. Um, I'm going to change course real quick before yeah, please, I get in yeah. trouble. Um, <laughs> the New York Jets. I'm going to bet on the New York Jets at home against the Falcons plus two and a half. Huh? I mean, who is Desmond Ritter to be favored in New York when it's probably going to be cold and rainy against the Jets defense? I don't think so. Okay. So you're going um, J-E-T-S, you know, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I mean, I don't Is that with like Tim Boyle like or Zach Wilson? I, no I don't think it matters. Yeah. I mean, pick one. I don't. I don't think it matters a bit. No. Um, but I can look at college football, college basketball, real quick. Yeah, if you want. We I got, mean, we got a little time still. Got, you don't have to, but yeah. We got screens having babies here. I mean, all I got to do is hit that one. Because um, <laughs> I honestly, I haven't honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time on it yet. No, that's fine. I'm just curious. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed because I got uh, those little Cowboys, darn holidays. Yeah, freaking. Yeah, not man. exactly. <laughs> no, the Cowboys um, cost me big time last night. I had them just to be ahead at halftime, parlayed with an easy college basketball winner, and the ending of that game, the halftime game, really kind of pissed me off. Um, okay, here's one: College of Charleston um, at home catching five and a half points over Liberty. We like that one. Nice. If you like um, it, I like it. Yeah. Um, West Virginia and St. John's, um, we like the under. Mm. Um, and I'm leading under in the George Washington-South Carolina game. I mean, South Carolina used to play fast under Frank Martin, but under this other guy, I can't remember his name, historically when he was coaching, I forget where he came from, he was out for a little bit. Um, they're playing a lot slower, and I don't think the – Books have caught up to that. George Washington plays super fast, but there's a difference between playing super fast and scoring. Yeah. And South South Carolina has it. 150 points, that's too many. There's a lot of points, Dave. Well, Dave, I appreciate you uh, just Johnny on the spot right there for college basketball. Thank you for that, Dave. That's what I do, pal. You are the man, Dave. Dave underscore Essler on Twitter, E-S-S-L-E-R. Pregame.com, the winners take a new one out yesterday. Did it feel good to be back after uh, having the holidays off? Did it feel good to be back in the saddle again with Rowdy for the winners take? Um, boy, there's an easy answer and there's the right answer. <laughs> I'll take the yeah, yeah, it. Was, it, was, it was good to be back to talk to Rowdy and and discuss vacation plans. Dave, it was good to be back and talking with you. We missed you last week. We did. We took that Friday off, so I'm glad that you could, um, you know, be a Grinch with your family on the holidays. Yeah, and just wait, another one's coming up. We got Christmas right around the corner, Dave. I'm so excited. <laughs> Dave, we love you, man. Have a great weekend. All right. Uh, hey, you guys too. Stay warm. I'll talk to you next week. See you, buddy. I didn't know where you're going there for a little bit. Let's go to this guy right here. This guy's body is a temple. In fact, he does a show with a, a temple, Jesse Temple. The other part, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. What's up, my brother? Good morning, sir. Good morning. You want an all-you-can-eat buffet kind of man, Zach? Don't mind him. We were singing. Where do you, I mean, where, what? Where do you even go these days for that? Uh, well, uh, you know, on the east side, there's a place called Journey. Um, uh, there's a World Buffet in Monona on the west side here. I don't, I don't dabble with those, but uh, those are the places. If you would, uh, what, Pizza Pizza Ranch. That's when one. you were a kid, like Ponderosa. Oh yeah, 
I remember my brother, yeah. my brother, uh, your neighbor, had a friend, and when he was uh, in el- late elementary school, he said his dream, his dream job, was to uh, be a chef at Ponderosa. <laughs> like I don't think you need to go to school for that, but <laughs> he was really shooting for the stars. And then he got a little older. He's like, he yeah. up, when did he end up becoming? I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure. I I know it's I'll a, follow up on that. I'll follow up on that. Maybe I'll visit. I think there's a Ponderosa left in. Um, Beaver, Beaver Dam. Dam, yeah, Beaver Dam, maybe. Hey, Zach, I had to drive by. I had to drive by it every day for work for five and a half years. Yeah, I, th- I thought there was still one. Zach, how? Okay, this game on Saturday, the Badgers host mm. the number three Marquette. Do you throw everything out the window and say it's a rivalry game? It's at the Cole Center. Anything is possible. I know we kind of talked about this earlier in the week, but as we get closer and closer here, uh, Marquette favored going to be around three. We're thinking here. How can the Badgers hang tough? With a Marquette team, it's a really good Marquette team. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they are. We, we uh, Jesse and I talked about this on the swing this week. Uh, it's kind of a generational team for them. I'm saying like they've had some really really good teams, but I don't think any they haven't been ranked this high what since the 70s maybe. It's a really really good team. We saw them hang. We saw them beat Kansas. We saw them hang tough against um, against Purdue. It is. It's a really really good team, and yet I do think Wisconsin keep it close i don't you know i I don't think wisconsin's tough winner and if they play the way if they can hit some threes they'll be right there and have a chance to win the game but if they're going to keep on shooting at 30 percent which is what they've been this year it's gonna be very very tough to beat a team like marquette i was gonna gonna ask you is it guard play or is it you know down low because greg guard was talking about how they're embracing trying to be more physical can the crowls and the walls of the world be more physical and bang down low I don't know. Can Stephen Crowell show up and uh, play like absolutely? Uh, I don't want to say with a, like his hair on fire, but do something to to bring some passion to it. You know what I mean? Like when he sometimes he'll get he, he just won't have that extra gear to him, and I don't know how you get that out of him on a consistent basis. We kind of we kind of talked about this. Remember the Tennessee Titans guy that got slapped before games to like to piss himself off and like um, and, and like be ready to go as soon as the Whistle blue. Well, what can you do for Stephen Crow? Can he can he slap him before a game? Can someone in that locker room slap him a couple times to get him pissed off? To, Rowdy, you want to go down there Saturday early? Story? Yeah, I just can we send I, Rowdy down there. I'm with you. I I just I don't see it either. You I know what I mean, cool. Zach? There's just there isn't a ton of fire. It's a it's a very blank face most of the time. And I don't. And again, there there are moments where he plays with passion and. Like he's aggressive. Like that's. I don't even know if you need to be upset. Just be aggressive, and you know you, you're seven foot. You have some great moves in in the paint. You have the ability to to have uh, an impact that not a ton of guys at Wisconsin have had, and it just doesn't show up all the time. And t- for Tyler Wall, it's it's more about you know him defensively and also not just backing his guy down and spending 15 seconds backing his guy down while everybody's watching. That that can't happen, and he's been pretty good about that in recent games. So both those guys can certainly have days tomorrow, and they're probably going to need to. But I, I do think it comes down to guard play. We saw it last year. Chucky Hepburn kind of uh, was unconscious towards the uh, right, right at the end of the first half against Marquette, and I mean he he all played Tyler Kolak last year, and he obviously went and did what he did in the Big East and was the Big East Player of the Year and he's a potential All American this year. They're going to have to have that type of performance from Chucky on. Uh, tomorrow morning 
So uh, what, Rowdy, their biggest win is at Virginia right now? For yeah, and Virginia, obviously that win is looking better as they just knocked off a ranked Texas A&M team. So, uh, yeah, but I would say it's Virginia. So, I mean, obviously if they beat number 3 Marquette, that's their signature win of the year. Is this team looking like a tournament team, Zach? I know it's early, not Big Ten play yet, but are they looking like a tournament team potentially? I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, don't <laughs> – that, that has to be – I mean, I – after missing last year, the it's it's NCAA, NCAA yeah. tournament or or uh, <laughs> or nothing. I, not nothing, obviously, but they yes. Are they looking at like an NCAA tournament team? They can certainly be that. Uh, we also know they can throw some stinkers out there too. We yeah. saw that against Providence, and if they have a performance like that tomorrow, it'll be a thirty-point game. So they, uh, I, I don't know that they have a huge margin for error. What they do have, though that they didn't last year, and I think is going to play dividends throughout this entire year, is depth that they didn't have, right? I mean, Connor Season coming off the bench, got John Blackwell, who's been fantastic, had a chance to talk with him on the swing. If you missed that, you can go check it out. Uh, great kid, great kid, uh, great great player right now, too. He is first on the scene, I think, and played better than anybody thought he could or were expecting him to to start the, this year. And then Nolan Winter as well, and he got some other pieces that he can bring off the bench, and Carter Gilmore, and um, Kamari McGee and even Marcus Silver. So they are, are much deeper, and they're, they're certainly more athletic with uh, A.J. Storr and, and John Blackwell and Nolan Winter coming off, uh, you know, being able to give minutes for uh, some guys. So talking and I guess comparing this year's team with last year's team, obviously last year's team had a really good non-conference season where they got some big-time wins. And that's really what kept them in until, you know, selection Sunday to see if they were going to be in or not. It was because of some of those non-conference wins. Well, this year, if they just take care of business where they're favored, they're probably going to be seven and five out of non-conference play in Virginia being the best win. Do you feel like to maybe have a good shot if they're going to be a borderline team, like they're going to have to come up with a, a way to f- a win a game against Arizona or Marquette or Michigan State on the road here in December to, to kind of give them one of those bigger wins early in the year. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very difficult non-conference schedule. And I we, we've debated this. I think it's been debated in, in a number of places. Should they have, should you be trying to schedule teams, should you be trying to schedule like this? Now, Marquette, you're playing no matter what. Right. And same thing with Michigan State. But did you need to play both Tennessee and Arizona this year? Probably not. Um, I don't know that you're, you're not being, for the most part, you're not hammered the NCAA tournament that is by losses. Uh, they want to see wins and they want to see number of wins. And if Wisconsin only gets to seven wins in the non conference, which is certainly, a, as you said, a possibility, well, then to get to 20, you have to win 13 Big Ten games. And that's tough. You'd be thirteen and that seven. Feels, that, yeah. that feels like that feels like you're kind of putting yourself then again on the uh, border of missing the tournament again, and that is obviously not ideal. So yeah, finding a way to win one of these games, whether it's I think I mean tomorrow maybe is their best chance. Though again, Michigan State hasn't necessarily played well, but that game's on the road and Arizona feels uh, very unlikely. But yeah, this would be one of those marquee ways you could point back at and say, yeah, look, we beat a top five team in the country and, and Marquette probably will be in the top five, top 10 most of the year. You would think if they're able to stay healthy, that'd be a huge win, a huge win. Uh, and they, they need one of those to, to put on the resume along with Virginia, assuming they uh, keep up going what they are. But I think the number of wins means as much as anything, especially for a power five team. And um, I don't know how many they're actually going to get this year. Yeah. 
Zach, speaking of huge wins, I'm looking at Sunday here. Last game of the of the you know the slate at Lambeau. The mm-hmm. Packers stand a chance. I mean, the defense that the Chiefs bring, uh, what they give up, 16.8, 16.5 points, whatever it is, third best defense in the league. Can Jordan Love duplicate what he has done uh, against, you know, previous the Lions and the Chargers on this Kansas well, City defense? Char- Chargers defense is horrible. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Lions defense, not overly uh, great of late. It's going to be a huge test, obviously. This this is probably going to be like this is the game you're going to point to and be like if if he plays well and it's like all right well and maybe this is putting too much on one game but if he can come out and play the way he has the last four games against these guys that I think tells you even more and it makes you even more confident that he can be the guy not just obviously the this year or next year he can be your guy for the next ten and I, I don't want to put too much of that on this game alone but it's kind of how we do things. I think he can, but I don't think it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be as easy as it has been the last few weeks. And it's kind of funny when you think about the Chiefs. We always think Patrick Mahomes and yeah. them leading the charge here, and it really hasn't been that way this year. They they have they have had some struggles because they don't necessarily have the wide receiver crew that they needed. And uh, yeah, MV, MVS is like, their number one dude, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They just expect Patrick Mahomes to keep on doing what he's doing, despite not having all the weapons in the world. And, um, it hasn't really necessarily worked out. Obviously, he's got the best tight end in the league, but the wide receiver group has not been great, and yet they continue to win. So, um, yeah, defensively against uh, against Tim's is always going to be a challenge, but I think I'm more interested in seeing how Jordan Love can deal with that Kansas City defense because the last time he saw them, his only start prior to this year, it wasn't overly pretty. I agree with you. It's completely a Jordan Love game because I don't think many people are expecting, or at least when looking at the schedule, we're expecting this to be a Packers win. It's kind of what can he do against a good defense? I think most people would have said, chalk this up as an L. Let's just see what we have in these young guys. Yeah, I'm trying to think, what's the spread at? I saw it was like five and a half. Down to six. Six. down to six in some places, five and a half in others. But yeah, it, it opened at seven. When's the last time they've been that big of an underdog at home? I, I'm assuming it has happened this. Did it happen against Detroit? I mean, I, I, that's I think you thing. could even go one further and say, when's the last time it happened at home on a marquee game like a Sunday night football, where it's most most of the time two good teams? Yeah, it's been a while. This is such a huge opportunity for them. Such a, no one's expecting them to win this game. Right, no one. Unless you, I shouldn't say that. Evo's probably expecting them to win this game. Uh, but, it, was, it was McCarthy and Rogers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, no one's expecting this. It, it would be a shock, especially when you look at the rest of their schedule. People are thinking, okay, maybe you, you lose this one and then you can win um, the final. What is it? Five. That'd be or four. When you look at some of the teams they play after this, none of them are over five hundred at this point, and. Uh, just a huge opportunity to go down the stretch and and win the rest of them. But if you were to pull, pull this one out, oof, this would be this would be the marquee win that a lot of people have been looking for from from Jordan Love and Matt Lafleur without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And obviously, the one on Thanksgiving was really really good. This I think would top it. Yeah, that would be it. Would be nice, especially to rub it in the Taylor Swift face too, right? Zach? Well, it's the defending Super Bowl champions. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. It's Travis Kelsey. Like there were a lot of people going into this year, even though the Lions might have a slightly better record than the Chiefs right now by what, like a game. 
the Lions were still they were still trying to figure out if they were actually contenders or pretenders because they're the Lions. These are the Chiefs, Super Bowl defending champs, like yeah. huge win. Yeah, I mean, but I'm looking like you're talking about point spread though. Um, what happened? I mean, they were was it eight, eight and a half last week? Yeah, but that was also on the road. That's what I'm saying. That was that's a marquee win on the road. Yeah, uh, but and and it's this point spread's bigger and all that. Nobody was expecting them to do that. This I think would be even bigger. Zach. I would agree. Because also, on, because also what's on the line. Look, the Vikings six and six, the Seahawks six and six. You're a half game out of the final playoff spot, the final two playoff spots for that matter in in the NFC. It, there, there's a lot on the line here, and, and not just not just beating Patrick Mahomes, not just beating Andy Reid, not just beating that defense, but it's also putting yourself in a position to have a chance to maybe not even be the seven, but maybe the six. Yeah, I agree with you because if you just do a basic flip of the spread, if this game was being played in Kansas City and the line was at five and a half, it would be nine and a half. Kansas City would be favored at home. So much bigger win. Zach, also in the favor, Matt LaFleur in the month of December is what? 15 and 0. And 8 and 0 at home. What about January? Not great. Not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. Zach, what is great? Okay. You and everything you do for us. Uh, I know a new camp has come out. The swing is out. If people want to uh, get involved with, you know, the football side of things, the basketball side of things, just wherever you get podcasts, right? The camp and the swing, just find it. You and Jesse Temple breaking it down, yes? And Temple yeah. and Heilprin. And, and I was going to say, and, and Temple and Heilprin just posted a new episode last night after uh, being out at Monks. Always love being out at Monks. Great spot. And, yeah, and a little uh, transfer portal Primer, I Ooh. think is what uh, you would call like the first segment. A lot of, a lot of talk about that as uh, that opens up on Monday. A couple guys for Wisconsin already in the portal, and I'm sure Wisconsin will be active in trying to bring guys in as well. Yeah, Miles uh, Burkett and uh, Dylan Barrett. I, I yes. had to, we had Rowdy and I like, who is that guy? Uh, have you heard of any other names entering the transfer portal from Wisconsin? All any rumors swirling at all before I let you go? Yeah, probably unfair to to try and do that for anybody. Uh, there are a number. of I mean, there are a number of guys that you could sit there and say, gosh, uh, they have, have not played. They are never going. It doesn't appear that they're ever going to play. And uh, if you were to look through the roster, I think it'd be pretty easy to pick some of those guys out. But I'm not going yep. to do that. I'll How about them, more I'll of a them. basic Just, question? I, I'll be honest. I said, well, I mean, I said last year I thought Miles Burkett would be in the portal. Uh, I thought he'd be in the portal after spring ball. It never happened. He kept on thinking that he was going to have a shot and he was going to play, and obviously that never happened. Dad tweeting um, through it. Yeah. With a lot yeah, of the yeah. same players that were part of the Christ regime, do you think with the new coaching staff in there for a year, we'll see more players that are like, I'm leaving because they want to leave? Or do you think it'll be more encouragement maybe from the current staff saying, hey, we don't think you're going to play here. Maybe you want to test the portal. Well, I mean, last year it was a situation where they tried to get, they tried, and for the most part, to bring everybody back. They tried to get as many people back in as possible. I don't think that'll be the case this year, if, if that answers your question. <laughs> I think this will be a, a situation where they do, you kind of see where you're at. Now, maybe some guys will hold on until the spring and they'll, they'll hit the portal after that. But they had 19 guys leave last year. Ten of them were during this period. I think they'll top that ten for sure. Zach, we appreciate your time, my brother, and uh, I think we're all assuming Music City Bowl on Sunday when it's announced, yeah? Yeah, that's the, that appears to be the plan, and I'm sure that uh, the plans never are wrong, or the, uh, the never, projections never, are never wrong. Never, right? never, never, never. <laughs> Zach, we love you, man. Have a great weekend. You're the man. All right, guys. See you,
right, Dave Essler coming up, our gambler to the stars. Before that, we got a big old game on Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs coming to Green Bay. Uh, Rob Reichel saying, hey, if you got a chance to get to this game, get your butt in the seats. Because, uh, what, every eight years you'll get uh, the Chiefs up here. So you'll have, um, it's very rare to get a little Patrick Mahomes. And I quote, get your tail to Green Bay. Yeah, get, get your tail to Green Bay. And then he also said, stick it up the tail of Marquette fans. <laughs> yeah. with he was saying Patrick tail game. quite a bit. <laughs> with this Patrick game coming up here. Um, <laughs> Rob Reichel, I love it. So this game... Um, as uh, nauseating as it is with the Taylor Swift stuff, there's actually stuff going on on the field, boys. And on the field is uh, something that, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs have a really good defense, but offensively, Rowdy, are they a little challenged this year despite having Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, and you know what one crazy stat on Patrick Mahomes is this year? He's been one of the, I think he was like top five in the NFL for most turnover-worthy throws this season. Sam Howell was the number one, I think, by the well, way. <laughs> You know, I've been a Sam Howell detractor. I'll show him a little bit of love here. When you're running for your life because your offensive line sucks and you really don't have a, a solid running back to turn around and hand the ball to, and you don't have a good defense backing you up, you actually have a bottom five defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of playing <laughs> schoolyard football at this point, trying to make plays. I could see why Patrick Mahomes. It almost feels like he's trying to do too much. You know what I mean? Because they don't have the weapons. Travis Kelsey's starting to look 32 years old. Travis Kelsey's starting to be banged up. Now you talk about the distraction of the Taylor Swift stuff. But just in general... I think they've won every time she's been around. The wide receiver room is not exactly where they want it. MVS, we know who MVS is. He's arguably their most veteran or solid wide receiver. Rasheed Rice, he was a, I think, like fourth, fifth round pick at best. Uh, You have Tony, who never lived up to first round, second round draft stock. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Like, all those guys are just mix and match. It really does feel like Aaron Rodgers when he had the Jared Aberderis, the Jeff Janises. And those t- the the ghost of James Jones, those type of wide receivers for those couple of years. But you know who's played at a higher level with those type of receivers? Aaron Rodgers. Totally. Um, speaking of playing at a higher level, Jordan Love has been playing at a higher level these past couple of games here. Um, the Chiefs defense, though, has one of the best in football, starting just 16.5 points per game this season. That's third fewest in the NFL. Love, though, has been able to beat up on some more porous and uh, bad defenses, to Ooh, say. Porous. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Jaden Reed, though, uh, looking like he might not play. He's been out of practice two days in a row. That's a weapon without love. They obviously no Aaron Jones. There's another weapon gone. And you look at that running back room, you're a little yikes. Can Jordan Love go against a defense giving up 16.5 points per game without really money running backs? Um, and A.J. Dillon was battling a groin injury. That's about it. If you look at the last four games from Jordan Love, Los Angeles Rams, they're slightly below average when it comes to a pass defense. And obviously, they still have Aaron Donald on the front line, but it's it's not like the best defense or the 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 Rams defense from a couple of years ago. Yeah. But the pass defense is ranked like slightly below average. You look at the Steelers now. The Steelers are kind of a an interesting one because if you look at their team, their team wise cumulative stats for the entire season, their passing defense isn't great, but. 
they missed they were missing Minka Fitzpatrick for a big chunk. They were missing uh Hayward for a big chunk. TJ Watt was a little beat up. Like those are their three best players and mm-hmm. they hopefully should have all of them back this week. But even since Cam Hayward has come back, the defense has looked much better and he was playing against the Packers. So on paper, that's like a bottom 10 pass defense. But when they played them, I think they were better than that. Chargers are the worst pass defense. Uh, Lions are middle of the road at best. This is your first real true test of the last four games where love has been bringing it or playing at a level that Packer fans are, yep. are liking or seeing an upswing. This is a top five. Would you say right now? I want to, I want to know what love is. I want him to show me. Yeah. Foreigner. You know how we, we said that the Packers were going to have to throw the football really, really well against the lions because they're not going to be able to run the football. They're not a good running team. The Lions stopped the run. It's going to be Jordan Love in his arm. Mm-hmm. This is the complete opposite matchup, which makes it a really tough matchup for the Packers. The Chiefs, top five against the pass. They can get after the pass rusher with Chris Jones. Or Sorry, they can get after the quarterback with pass rushers like Chris Jones. But you can run a little bit on Kansas City. They're they're like slightly below average what against the backs? run. But that's the thing. <laughs> what the running Packers backs? don't run the ball well in general. They got AJ Dillon, and everyone is hurt, including your best guy in Aaron Jones. So that's the AJ thing. Dillon's it's like, got a groin injury too. The thing that yeah. they should be able to do against the Chiefs, they won't be able to do because they don't do it well, and none of them are healthy. So this will this be the, Jordan Love. This game. will be a big test for Jordan Love if he comes out there and he throws like. 25 for 33 for 260 yards and the Packers lose like 24 to 20. That's a hell of a showing for Jordan Love. That's a big, that'll get a thumbs up for me. I think that's continuing this four or five game upswing. But if he comes out and he's like 12 for 27 for 180 yards and a couple of picks. So like post week one, Jordan Love. And they get exposed. Then you're not going to feel as good about those last four weeks. And then you can point and say, well, those defenses were average to terrible. And we finally saw a good pass defense. I want to know what love is. I want him to show me Sunday against the Chiefs. I got the badger. Is this love? Is this love that I'm feeling? (laughs) Man. Let's see here. Our our guy, Badger Trio, says, remember Andy Reid didn't even know who he was after they played him for the first matchup. A Jordan Love revenge game. Also, the issue if Love does not play amazing, people go back to, oh, my God, he sucks. Dude, nothing. Love stinks, Jake. Nothing like the Cinderella matchup that is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Arguably one of the best tight ends of all time. One of the fattest Andy coaches Reed, of all time. Who, who's up there in the coaching ranks versus the defensive coordinator, Joseph Barry. The Barry Boys. The Barry Boys. That's a Cinderella matchup. You think if... Uh, <laughs> you think you the shoe's going to fit for Joe Barry and the Barry Boys? <laughs> the Barry Boys. Yes. Hey, Barry Boys getting some boys back, by the way, uh, from injury. I'm just thinking of Andy Reid at an all-you-can-eat buffet right now for some reason. Do you think like the employees there just shiver in fear? It's like at the uh, like the, our bottom line is now just, let's do this uh, again, but with those nuggies. It's like when Homer Homer Simpson goes to uh, an all you can eat buffet, then he gets asked to leave. More terrified. <laughs> the, what you do afterwards? We went fishing. The waitresses at the all you can eat buffet when Andy Reid comes through as an adult male, or Andy Reid's. T 
teams that he played against when he was a 12-year-old child, even though he was the size of a 35-year-old man. God, yeah, who shivers in more fear? <laughs> yeah, the, the 12-year-old that's 5'2", 100 Or the pounds. owner of an all-you-can-eat buffet, like, oh, my God. Oh, no. My bottom line. What is going on here? I'm losing it all. <laughs> I actually have a news of the weird for Dude, that. Gold, Fill your line with baggies. Golden Corral feels here. like it should be a sponsor for the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like Golden Corral was originated in Kansas City. I don't think that'd be a good sponsorship money, Rowdy. I think they need him on a business. <laughs> Andy Reid alone. So earlier in the week, a couple days ago, Matt LaFleur was talking about um, Jordan Love's first game. It was in 2021, his first start against the Chiefs when Aaron Rodgers was out because of COVID stuff. LaFleur's like, yeah, it was on me. I should have had a better game plan prepared for Jordan Love, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Love was asked about that. Uh, LaFleur, you know, took the blame upon himself. Here's Jordan Love asked about his first start in Kansas City. Put into a role where, you know, wanted to go out there and make the most opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, fell short of that game. I think it was a good just learning experience for me. First NFL start, you know, just kind of seeing exactly what a game is like. I'm seeing pretty much every defense, I feel like, with the all-outs and the different pressures they're bringing that game. So I was able to see a lot and learn from that situation. And he had talked a little more about it of, um, you know, just on that game in general. You know, I felt like I've got so much more comfortable in the pocket, just going through my reads, things like that. Since then, understanding protections, understanding, you know, where I'm hot, things like that. So I think there was just so many little points that were valuable. Obviously, just being in a road game, my first NFL away game, just the loud environment and just kind of handling that. So LaFleur is kind of, you know, taking the slings and the arrows rowdy about it, saying that he was the reason why Jordan Love didn't succeed. Because remember, after that start, we're just like, I don't man, what the, I don't know about this Love well, guy. Well, after some of the comments that Matt LaFleur had, I think I would have to agree with him when he was talking about the fact that he didn't change the game plan from Aaron Rodgers, who was on his way to winning an MVP, yeah. to a guy that had never started an NFL game before and was a project and someone that you were hoping <laughs> could be the quarterback in two years. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like that's on the floor. Like, n- who else would have thought that he could possibly duplicate what Aaron Rodgers was doing? I know. And, no, like, that's the thing. He won MVP. How many of the other great quarterbacks that didn't win MVP could have duplicated what Aaron Rodgers was doing that year? Patrick Mahomes? Right. What's What's the list after that? Burrow, maybe? <laughs> yeah. And like, he, yeah. This is a very short list. So, not a backup. That game in 2021, I mean, the Chiefs won 13 to 7. It was no offensive juggernaut at all. The Barry boys showed up. Yeah. And Jordan Love talks. Now, Jordan Love, what? He was 19 to 34, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Mahomes was 20 to 37 for 166 yards and one putty. Uh, there wasn't much offense from either team. Um, I mean, Aaron Jones had 12 carries, 53 yards. Randall Cobb, three catches for 50 yards. And on the flip side, you know, Daryl Williams, 19 carries, 70 yards. And Travis Kelsey had five catches, 68 yards, and one tutty. I mean, that was. It, it total yards the Packers actually had it. They had three hundred and one to the Chiefs two thirty seven. The chief the Chiefs defense rowdy is the thing here. It was good then, it's good now. Well, I think one other thing, and it was uh I believe Bill Michaels was talking about this a little bit yesterday with Grant. They were talking about who's going to cover Travis Kelsey. Remember in that twenty twenty one, because what'd you say it had like roughly five catches, sixty plus yards? Yep, yep, five catches, sixty eight yards and a toady. That's a pretty tame day for one of the best tight ends in the league, right? Uh-huh. Well, remember who was the middle linebacker in 2021 who was having a career year that was showing that he could run sideline to sideline and cover? That was Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. We really haven't seen that version of Devondre Campbell since. Yeah. 
And now you're, I think we can throw Isaiah McDuffie out. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quay Walker has the ability to run sideline to sideline and somewhat cover, but. Dude, we saw we saw Preston Smith at Devontae Adams put his ass on Travis Kelsey. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like Quay Walker's the project that has the ability to do it, but he hasn't consistently done it. Mm-hmm. Devontae Campbell's been on the shelf the last couple of years. I don't think Quay Walker's playing, though I like what I've seen, and I think he can be. I don't think he's playing at the same level that 2021 Devondre Campbell was when he was. No, yeah. Did he make the Pro Bowl that year? By yeah, the he, way? He, he had he led the Packers in tackles. He was a Pro Bowler. No, he's got that ankle injuries all year that he's had too. So. But that that's one thing on the defense where if you're concerned about Travis Kelsey, that took a good Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it wasn't just Devondre Campbell lining up straight across from Travis Kelsey and covering him the entire game. But that would have been your main inside linebacker that would have been picking up a lot of those duties. It's going to take. It's going to take a village here, but it's going to take the whole defense to be able to to scheme it up. And you know what? The Barry boys have to do it. The Barry boys. Well, on the flip side of the There's Chiefs no defense. There's no better guy I want scheming up a defense than, than Joe, Joe Barry. Barry. Jordan Love talks here on uh, the Chiefs defense now when he started, uh, or now versus when he started a couple years ago. Just looking at tape, they, they do a little bit of different things. You know, it's not as much as the pressure packages that we were seeing um, a couple years ago, but they still do some really good stuff, some really good pressures. So it's something that, you know, we'll have a good plan for this week. Yeah, here's a little more about the defense. I think they got some some really good players on defense, and they got a good scheme that they run. Um, they they dial up some pretty good pressures. Um, I think everyone's kind of in tune with what they're doing, and they're able to disguise stuff pretty well. But I think they just got good players, and they they play well in the scheme of their defense. Yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to play them. Well, there's a reason why they excited don't. for the opportunity. Was he hanging out, Paul Chris? There's a reason why Kansas City doesn't have to blitz as much anymore. Chris Jones is an absolute beast. I know he was on that team as well. It's a wrecking ball. But you can see the statistics when he's on the field versus off the field. Remember, they were flashing all those graphics up early in the season when he was holding out. Mm-hmm. And then he still ended up playing. Did he play? Or he either held out for a game or he came back and played against Detroit. But they were showing. He held out for a game or two. I think. The, the big differences with him off the field versus playing and like their pass rush is so much better with him on the field. And he's a hundred percent in his prime the last couple of years. So that would have been a little bit younger of a Chris Jones. And the secondary is much better for the Kansas city chiefs now than it was in 2021. Uh, a lot of the 2021 roster, like Legereus Sneed out of law tech, who's one of their better corners. He, I think he was a rookie in 2021. So that, that was like, that was a rookie being thrown out on an Island with more of a younger inexperienced secondary. Now their secondary is coming of age, you know, this year where they're all like third year players, kind of what we're seeing the coming of age with some of the skilled players for the Packers on offense. That was those guys in 2021 and they had to figure it out. Now, obviously (laughs) you can cover up with a lot of that when you have a Patrick Mahomes and a Kelsey who was even better and and better offensive weapons. But now the defense is coming of age and is better. So that's why they don't need to blitz tail rowdy. That's why they don't need to blitz as much because they get a really good pass rush with the D line and they have really good coverage in the secondary. You don't have to blitz as much. Yeah. And last thing, now, Rob Reichel, our Packers insider from Forbes.com, Conley Media, when he was on yesterday, we started the segment making fun of the Taylor Swift stuff, and we're like, Rob, why? what's up with all these reporters running around the locker room asking uh, these Packers about Taylor Swift? And Rob stopped us, Rowdy. He said, they're not reporters, dude. They're not reporters. Well, Rowdy, remember we were talking about how dumb it was? They, they did it again yesterday. On Jordan Love. Jordan Love said, I don't listen to any Taylor Swift. They went and followed up with him again 
and if he's a Swifty. I don't listen to too much Taylor Swift, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not sure if she will be or not, but I, I don't listen to too much Taylor Swift. They, they, Sounds like almost the exact yeah. same comment he had a couple days ago. He's earlier. like, can you stop? Can you stop with it? Can you? Can you? All righty. Packers Chiefs, big time matchup. This is this is the game of the season, and then it gets easier schedule wise. Rowdy, you said if they win out, what will they finish? Eleven and six. Huh. Realistically, eight wins, nine wins. Yeah, I said eight and nine to start the year. I could see nine and eight though, because I I do think they lose to the Chiefs, and then I could see them losing a game that no one expected them to lose. Yeah. I could see nine and eight.